Welcome to Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. I am your host, John Doty. Thanks for listening. This season, we're going through the AP Biology curriculum, and we're on to Chapter 10, Photosynthesis. Getting into some real fucking witchcraft with this shit. It's like, it's ridiculous. It's bizarre. It's not right, but it's the shit that keeps us all alive. So that's going to be fun. So, um, like always, um, we're just going to jump right in. Start talking photosynthesis. So we know plants are the things that do photosynthesis. And if you don't know that, you're a fucking idiot because that's basic stuff. So sorry if I insulted you, but you're a bastard and you need to know so you can fix it. So that's what this show's for. So not just plants, but other autotrophs. So you have bacteria, you have all this stuff that photosynthesizes. Um, We usually just think of it as plants though. So that's when I keep saying plants, I'm really talking about anything that photosynthesizes, whether it's an actual plant or if it's a single celled bacterium or something in between. It's a photoautotroph. It's something that uses light to make organic molecules so that heterotrophs, things that eat other organisms for energy, um, have something to eat. So, like I said, there's a bunch of different shit that does it. Cyanobacteria, um, other bacteria, protists, um, algae, plants, all these things. But, like I said, I'm just going to say plants because it's the easiest thing to say. And it's my show, and I can do whatever the hell I want. So, plants it is. Now, this process of photosynthesis, photo-light synthesis making. So, you're making shit with light. That's what it actually translates to, making shit with light. Um, I don't know if the shit is important in there, but it's making with light. All right. For today's special episode, because we are talking something so important, it's not coffee, it's beer. As my favorite, one of my favorite sayings go, you have alcohol for ideas, coffee for getting shit done. Um, So that's usually why I have coffee, but today it's a little different. It's a special occasion. It's our 10th episode. No, this is episode number 11 because we had the bonus possum episode. Holy shit. We're at episode number 11. We should break over 1,000 downloads with this one. So that's kind of fun. Um, Baby steps for me. I'm enjoying it. So I'm glad you're enjoying it and glad you're listening. Um, Slight sidetrack there talking about, you know, photosynthesis and making shit with light. But that's all I've talked about so far. So back to it. Photosynthesis happens in chloroplasts. Um, little kind of sacks of shit. Um, there's two parts. To, there's a double membrane. Um, kind of like our mitochondria has, there was a double membrane. Um, but inside of that, we have the stroma. That's the jelly inside the little double sack thing. And we have all these thylakoids, which are stacks of disc inside our chloroplast. Um, so there's a third membrane. So it's thylakoids kind of surrounded by the stroma. And then all of that is surrounded by this double membrane. So the thylakoid, the thylakoid membrane is going to be really important, important and the thylakoid space, the area inside each thylakoid. So I like to think of each thylakoid as like an Oreo where you've got the cookie and you got the cream. The cream is the thylakoid space. The cookie is the thylakoid membrane. Together, that's in the whole damn package of Oreos. Just a stupid way to remember it, but if it's stupid and it works, it's not stupid and it works, so that shit ain't stupid. 
Now, kind of zooming out, where the chloroplast is the site of photosynthesis and everything, but where does this take place inside the plant? Well, it's usually in the mesophyll, which is this interior tissue of the leaf. So you've got to think of a leaf as a three-dimensional structure because it is, even though they're really thin, there's three dimensions to it. Um, so these are kind of found in the very middle in the whole sense of things in the middle of it. And then you've got these stomata, which are these openings in the leaves where you can, where the plant breathes in the carbon dioxide and breathes out the oxygen that we're going to make. And the big thing that's going to be playing a role in this react, these reactions, multiple reactions of photosynthesis is chlorophyll. Okay, there, it's a pigment, so it's a light absorbing molecule. It is not the only pigment, but it is the main pigment involved. We'll talk about a couple others as we get going, but um, just something to keep in mind when we talk about absorbing light. It's really the chlorophyll that's doing the light absorption. So the equation, we talk about it as the opposite of cellular respiration. So we have six CO2 plus six H2O plus light energy yields C6H12O6 and 6O2. So that's our equation. Um, carbon dioxide plus water plus light gives us sugar and oxygen. If we want to get all technical, we don't make a six carbon sugar. We don't make that glucose with photosynthesis. We make a three carbon sugar that is then used to make glucose, but we write it the way we do. So it looks the opposite of cellular respiration. Because as I've said many, many times, biology is all about opposites. Um, this is powered by redox, redox reactions where carbon dioxide is the thing being reduced and our water is being oxidized. Okay, so remember, reduction is where we're gaining electrons and oxidation is where we are losing electrons. Now it's important to know where the oxygen that is the product of this reaction comes from. And it's one of two places. It's either the carbon dioxide or it's the water. And through some fancy experiments that I'm not gonna go into, um, they showed that the oxygen that plants release is from water. It's not from carbon dioxide. So the carbon from carbon dioxide is what goes into the sugar. The oxygen from carbon dioxide goes both into the sugar and in the water. And then the hydrogen from water goes to the water, goes to some water, some sugar, and then, <coughs> sorry, the oxygen from the water goes to the oxygen that gets released. So all that stuff that I just rattled off, the important thing, the oxygen that gets released by plants during photosynthesis comes from water. So there are two sets of reactions of photosynthesis. We've got the light reactions and the Calvin cycle. The light reactions is the photo part involving the light based on its fucking name. And the Calvin cycle is the synthesis where you're actually making the shit. So you kind of get everything together, then you make the shit. That's photosynthesis. So the main goal of the light reactions, sometimes you see them as the light dependent reactions, just the light reactions, the same fucking thing. Um, the important thing is that it's got light, um, is where you're converting the solar energy into the chemical energy of ATP and this electron carrier called NADPH. Nicodiphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosphosph
good enough. So a um, couple things you have to know about light for photosynthesis that makes sense is that light is energy and it's just electromagnetic radiation. Same thing as infrared, which is heat, as ultraviolet, which you can't see. It's the same thing as x-rays, same thing as gamma rays, radio waves, all that stuff. It's the same electromagnetic stuff. And with electromagnetic radiation, the shorter the wavelength, the higher the energy. And visible light that we see is just a specific little subsection of electromagnetic radiation where you have purple light with its shorter wavelength and higher energy and then you have red wavelengths at the end where they're longer with lower energy and that's where the whole Roy G. Biv comes in where red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet where red has the longer wavelength and then the rest goes through to the shorter wavelength and the shorter the wavelength higher the energy that's the important thing okay? shorter wavelength, higher energy and the way that we see stuff is light is either absorbed or reflected and the colors we see is the light that gets reflected so if something's green it's absorbing all the colors but green reflecting green and that's why we're able to see it it's the same reason why like if you go into a dark room it's really hard to see in but if you're in a dark room it's much easier to see out because the lights coming in shining on shit whatever go hide in a closet You'll see what I'm talking about. So within the chloroplasts or thylakoids, the little Oreos I talked about earlier, they're in stacks. And the reason they're in stacks is so as light comes in, the first thylakoid absorbs light. Whatever it can't absorb it passes through and can hit the second one. And whatever the second one can't grab, it goes and hits the third one all the way down the line. So it's this kind of a system of nets upon nets upon nets to catch what each one can and what passes through gets caught by the next one. So a way to kind of maximize the surface area, which is a big concept in biology. More surface area, more reactions, more reactions, more products. So I said earlier that photosynthesis is just, um, it's powered by all these pigments and that chlorophyll was the main pigment we were gonna talk about. There's actually two types of chlorophyll. There's chlorophyll A, chlorophyll B, where chlorophyll A um, does a lot of blue-green wavelength light is where it absorbs it the best and is a big part of the light reaction because we're capturing light. Uh, chlorophyll B on the other hand does more yellow-green and is really about giving energy to chlorophyll A. So then chlorophyll A can do all the shit of converting the solar to the chemical energy. Um, and then we have things called carotenoids which they're the color of carrots, or carrots are the color of carotenoids, or something like that. You know, yellow, orange, and they are big for photoprotection, which it's all about absorbing excess light that could mess with the chlorophyll. So it's kind of protection against the photo, protection against the light. So it's as things are going through and chlorophyll is absorbing all it can, the carotenoids can capture some of the light, protecting it from forming these reactive oxidative molecules out of oxygen um, and just kind of you know back up to everything and you have anthocyanins which are reds and purples and blues and they are also a big player in photoprotection so with me so far good 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 good
um, we've got to talk a little bit about absorption spectrums. And this is something where, as I say every week, going back and looking through the show notes and the PowerPoint that I put up is going to be super helpful because it's a fucking graph. And I can try to describe a graph, but it's not going to be very good because I'm going to be like, well, there's a hill and then there's a big valley and then there's a hill and the hills show what gets absorbed at different wavelengths and the lower the hill, the less gets absorbed all the way up to the top. That's an absorption spectrum. So really what an absorption spectrum does is plots the rate of photosynthesis versus the wavelength. And the higher the peaks, the more absorption is happening there, which means the more potential for photosynthesis to occur. Um, and that brings us to all the background knowledge we need to actually start talking about what the hell photosynthesis does. So where you're going to start with the light reactions. Let's do this shit. Part one, photosynthesis, light reactions. Essentially what we're doing, we're taking light and we're using that energy to split water into oxygen and in the process releasing high energy electrons. Then we're going to move those high energy electrons to make ATP and those electrons end up on NADP plus which reduces it to NADPH and that's going to be used later to get shit done. So that's kind of the light reactions in summary before we get into details. Splitting water with light to release oxygen and some high energy electrons then using those electrons to make some ATP and then shuttling them with NADP plus to get NADPH. So how does all this work? Well, within chlorophyll, the light comes in and it excites electrons. So they absorb different wavelengths and as they absorb that wavelength, they capture the energy associated with that light. And lots of this is happening in things called photosystems, which has a reaction center and these light harvesting complexes around it, which are just full of pigments and proteins. And what happens is the pigments absorbs the photon, and that's the, you know, the particle of light, the photons. And then it's going to pass that energy from pigment to pigment until it gets to the reaction center. And then chlorophyll in the center of that reaction center is going to use the energy to raise its electron to a higher energy level. And then that is going to go to our electron acceptor. With me? I know that was a lot of shit. So the light comes in, it hits a pigment. The energy within that pigment is going to get passed from pigment to pigment until it reaches a chlorophyll in the middle and then that is going to raise the energy of one of chlorophyll's electrons, which then is going to pass that electron to an electron carrier. Okay, so that chlorophyll that gets excited by the light gets passed to the center of photosystem 2. So it's, even though it's 2, it's the first one that happens. Okay, and then there's a redox reaction where we are transferring that electron and in doing so we prevent that electron from losing energy so we kind of 
it gets jacked up on light and then it stays jacked up on light and that's when we split the water we split the water to replace the electron that we took from the chlorophyll A molecule in the center of the photosystem. In doing so, we release the oxygen and we pass that electron to photosystem 1. And as we are doing that, the energy transfer is pumping some of the hydrogen that we get from splitting the water into the thylakoid space. And then as we keep doing that, the electron moves from photosystem one to a second electron transport chain, reducing NADP plus to NADPH. So I'm gonna say all of that again. Okay, so just, if you got lost, take a break, catch your breath, don't freak the fuck out, calm down, here we go. Step one. Chlorophyll gets excited by light. The energy gets passed to the reactant center of photosystem 2. There, the electron is captured by the primary electron acceptor, and a redox reaction occurs where the electron is transferred and prevented from losing its energy. We split water to replace the electron, forming oxygen. As we do that, the hydrogen um, is pumped into the thylakoid space. As the hydrogen is pumped into the thylakoid space, the electron gets past the photosystem one via an electron transport chain, controlling its fall through the energy level. So it loses some energy, and that energy that gets lost is what's pumping hydrogen into the thylakoid space. As we do this, we are making some ATP via the process of photophosphorylation. So phosphorylation is just adding a phosphate group, so adding it to ADP. And the energy used to do that is the energy from that electron that got excited when light hit it. So we move that electron from photosystem 1's primary electron acceptor to a second electron transport chain reducing NADP plus into NADPH. Like I said, go back, look at the slides, listen to this a couple times, rewind it, do it again, um, and it should help out. Because that's pretty much the light reactions in a nutshell. That's linear flow. Um, think linear electron flow is what it's actually called. I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, which if I were smart, I would have written it down. Um, yeah, I think it's linear electron flow. There is cyclic electron flow where we only use photosystem one, um, which again is the second one it encounters. It goes two, one, shit happens. So um, in cyclic electron flow, we only get ATP. We don't get that NADPH because we don't have that step where we are transferring it and splitting the water. So, um, on to the Calvin cycle. So that's the first half. The first half, you're just getting shit ready. You're just preparing everything. All you cooks out there, it's your mise en place. Right, getting everything in its place. 
haven't made anything. You've made ATP and NADPH, um, but you haven't made any sugar or anything like that. And that's where the Calvin cycle comes in, where we're using the ATP and the NADPH that we made in the light reactions to actually convert carbon dioxide to sugar. And again, we're not making glucose, we're making this sugar called um, G3P, glyceraldehyde-3-phosphate. I actually wrote that one down. But, you know, for the most part, you can just think of it, we're making glucose. So, the Calvin cycle happens in the stroma of the thylakoid. Sorry, not of the thylakoid, of the chloroplast. Got my shit mixed up. Got my disc in the disc, in the disc, disc, all mixed the fuck up. So, we are using the ATP and the NADPH from the light reactions. We're also using the carbon dioxide that we, breathe, that we as in the plants, breathe in. And there's three parts to the Calvin cycle. There's the carbon fixation, there's reduction, and there's the regeneration, regeneration of the carbon dioxide acceptor. And that carbon dioxide acceptor is Rubisco, which is just fun to say, Rubisco. Okay, so in phase one, we have three molecules of carbon dioxide plus Rubisco. Okay, it's the most abundant protein in chloroplast and might be the most abundant protein on Earth. Because you think about all the shit that photosynthesizes, how much Rubisco those things have, it's a lot of Rubisco. It's a lot of shit. Okay, so um, what happens? We've got the three carbon dioxide plus this Rubisco, or the Rubisco is the enzyme, I guess. Um, the sugar. Um, I wrote this down. Hold on. Um, ribulose bisphosphate. Okay, so that's why Rubisco is the enzyme. So that's phase one is where we just combine the carbon dioxide with that sugar. That's the carbon fixation. And then step two, we've got to do the reduction. Okay, and in doing so, we get one of those G3Ps, one of those three carbon sugars. And then phase three is the regeneration of the Rubisco, where we're using some energy to regenerate that Rubisco. We use five of our sugars to get three Rubiscos. Um, so that one's pretty straightforward. We just fix the carbon, we reduce it, and then we regenerate our enzyme. There you go. Or the sugar. We regenerate the sugar. I keep fucking that up. Sorry. It's been a day. Now, that's kind of photosynthesis in a nutshell, where the energy comes in, it excites the electron, it moves to the center of the photosystem, it passes down through an electron transport chain, energizing an electron, um, going to the electron acceptor and making some ATP, getting re-energized, doing it again, getting some NADPH and some more ATP. Then we use that energy to rearrange all this shit in the Calvin cycle. And we're leaving the Calvin cycle super simple uh, because it can be fucking complicated as hell. And we are definitely not getting into it when we're just saying, oh, there's carbon fixation and then there's reduction. And then we are regenerating our... Um, ribulose bisphosphate so we're just kind of keeping that shit super simple um, only because it is super fucking complicated um, now um, there's other ways that carbon 
fixation can happen. So we just talked about how the Rubisco does its thing and combines um, some carbon dioxide with that sugar, the ribulose bisphosphate, um, and we kind of make this six carbon intermediate. But in places where it's really hot or really dry, um, we have alternatives that have developed. Okay, so where we don't break down, or sorry, we don't produce any of the sugar um, through this pro in this process of photorespiration. Um, photorespiration is this pathway where we use oxygen and make carbon dioxide, which is the opposite, and it actually uses energy, and that's bad. We don't want that. Okay, so this is where we get into different types of plants called C3 plants, C4 plants, and CAM plants. Okay, so a problem with C3 plants, those are our basic, when you think of a plant, your basic plants, um, is that you have carbon dioxide getting fixed to a three carbon compound during the, car the Calvin cycle. That's what we talked about. Um, so these are things like rice and wheat and soybeans, etc. And on hot, dry days, we close the stomata, we being the plants, which lowers the amount of carbon dioxide available. And we need that. And then photorespiration occurs, and we have a lowered photosynthetic output. So in most plants, when it's really hot or really dry, we close the stomata to try to prevent water loss because we need water. And in doing so, photorespiration happens, which um, is basically you're burning off the stuff that you make in the light reaction so it doesn't build up and hurt you. But because you don't have enough carbon dioxide, you can't go through the Calvin cycle. So it's this photoprotective system, this photorespiration. Um, but because we're doing that when it's hot and dry, we are getting less sugar made, and sometimes no sugar made at all, just to keep us from getting damaged by the products of the light reaction. So that's an issue, because we use the carbon dioxide um, in the Calvin cycle. So there's different types of plants, C4 and CAM plants, that have figured out ways to deal with this. So C4 plants are things like corn and sugarcane and grasses, stuff like that. And the way they deal with hot, dry days, um, they close their stomata just like the C3 plants. They have two different types of cells. They've got mesophyll cells and they've got bundle sheath cells. And the mesophyll cells um, fixes carbon dioxide with this enzyme and then pumps the carbon dioxide to the bundle sheath cells. And the bundle sheath cells then use the carbon dioxide in the Calvin cycle. So what that does is it lowers the, um, what's the word I'm trying to think of, lowers the rate of photorespiration and increases sugar production. So that is very useful when it's super hot and sunny out. Now, um, usually what happens with these C4 plants is, well not usually what happens, but the um, what does happen is those bundle sheath cells are more interior to the leaf than the mesophyll cells. So what happens is the carbon dioxide concentration um, increases in the bundle sheath cells. So 
that the rubisco hanging out in those cells are unable to bind to the oxygen because there's so much carbon dioxide in there. So it pumps all the carbon dioxide into the bundle sheath cells, which is where the rubisco is. And then because the concentration is so high in there, rubisco can do its job like normal. So even though it's closing its stomata, not bringing in more carbon dioxide, because it's pumping all of it into this specialized room, essentially, it keeps the concentration high enough in there where you don't have the photorespiration occurring. So that is doing the reactions in different places. CAM plants, C-A-M, all capitalized, CAM plants, have the reaction spaced out across time. So it's where at night, when the stomata open because it's cooler, it brings in as much carbon dioxide as it can, converts it to an acid, and then stores it in the mesophyll cells. And then during the daytime, when it's hot and dry, they close the stomata, and the light reactions supply you know, the ATP and the NADPH that they normally supply. And the carbon dioxide gets released from those organic acids for the Calvin cycle. So this is really useful in really dry conditions. So these are things like pineapples, um, succulents, cacti, stuff like this. So what they do is instead of being like the C4 plants where the reactions are spaced out anatomically, in CAM plants, the reactions are spaced out temporally or across time. So kind of a quick comparison between the C3, which are normal plants, C4, and the CAM. C3 plants, the carbon fixation and the rest of the Calvin cycle happen together at the same time using Rubisco. In C4, we have the carbon fixation and the Calvin cycle in different cells. And in CAM plants, we have carbon fixation and the Calvin cycle at different times. Um, and really, the rest of the slides, if you follow along, are just comparing um, photosynthesis um, and respiration and just kind of a quick review of everything. So I'm not going to go over it because we're at half an hour and I try to keep everything right around half an hour. So if you need to review it, um, go back and listen to it again. Listen to it a third time, a fourth time, whatever, and it'll serve you well. So on that note, we'll finish up. Um, We'll be taking a break from publishing episodes here in a week or two um, to get kind of ahead and get caught up and just kind of get ready. So a little break. Um, I don't think it'll be next week, but coming up soon there will be a break and then we'll get into the genetic stuff after the break. Um, but once I get that exactly figured out, I'll let everybody know, you know, you can go back and listen to the catalog, brush up on everything you may have missed. Um, but just wanted to give you a heads up. We won't be going away forever. It'll just be a short little break. But expect one next week. Um, expect a bonus episode soon in honor of 1,000 downloads. And um, all right, let's wrap this up. So this has been Biology for Bastards, teaching biology in the most profane way you've ever seen or heard. Feel free to follow us on Twitter, at bio for Bastards. Um, I've been your host, John Doty. Our intro and outro music is Feeling Good by Purple Planet Sound. And until next time, thanks for listening.
So you may have just heard an ad, but I can't end with an ad. So just once again, follow us on Twitter at BioForBastards. Um, rate, subscribe, tell everybody you know about it. And again, thanks for listening.